Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I'm your host, Brian Convery. On today's careering talk, my guest is Anthony Mora. Anthony is an honors graduate from the University of Toronto Scarborough with a BBA in business management. He also holds an MBA in business administration and management from the Holt International Business School based in San Francisco, California. During his schooling, Anthony was the soccer coach at UTSC and captain of the soccer and hockey clubs. At Holt, Anthony was the president of the Holt Soccer Club San Francisco chapter, the head coach, Holt undergraduate soccer team, West Coast Soccer League Club. And in addition to his passions for sports and school, he holds a certificate in cognitive therapy. Anthony is a driven entrepreneur with change management and project management experience. He guides company in a variety of industry with his in-depth knowledge of human motivation and teaches executives on how to create motivating environments and teams. Super important this days. Uh, currently, Anthony is the CEO of Blade Tech Hockey. They manufacture replacement hockey skate blades with a patent flexible technology called Flex Force Advantage, which improves speed and reduces injuries. Anthony successfully led the company's product launch in 2015 and positioned it as a premier brand for the NHL and competitive players. He directed the comprehensive marketing research project and oversaw the creation of top tier brand strategy. Anthony also developed and implemented a fully operational e-commerce website and digital communication strategy. You can learn more about his company at bladetechhockey.com. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brian. That was uh, quite an intro and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, super impressive, man. Um, to get us going, let's talk about a few maybe get to know you rapid fire questions. Uh, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are he and him. He, him. And what is your superpower? I was thinking about this quite a bit, and you may laugh, but my superpower is that I make the best espresso, and which is very important every morning. The best espresso. All right. I got to try it. Now, now you got me thinking. All right. Absolutely. Uh, cake or pie? I am definitely a cake guy. Uh, if it can be chocolate or ice cream or both, I'm in. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday is what we're at right now, Christmas. Nice. Nice. Get together with the family, relax. Yeah, it's a great time of year. Um, what is the best compliment you've ever gotten? This one was challenging, and I really I didn't even come up with an answer for this, to be honest. But <laughs> uh, people generally make the comment that I'm uh, relentless, or 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 um, oh, what 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 was I? What would my colleague tell me? Yeah, he said I was shameless. But in a good way, because English was a second language. But what he meant was like, I'm very resilient. Yeah. Like saying no or getting uh, rejected uh, didn't bother me. Yeah. Uh, I would keep going on the path and, until I was successful. So that was, I remember that compliment. That's awesome. That's also a superpower too, by the way. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> Fueled by Especially your espresso. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, okay, this one I always kind of laugh, but I think it's an interesting one. Do you have a favorite smell? I do. I have a few, but this one has always stood out to me because it's kind of rare living in the city now. But when it happens, it it's so um, nostalgic, and that's freshly cut grass. Ah, uh, yeah, there's freshly nothing cut like grass, it. Yeah. Two things reminds me at home, and you know, my dad cutting the grass and and playing outside while he was doing that. And also, I played a lot of soccer. So I, when you show up to the soccer pitch, sometimes it was it was freshly cut, and you get that same that same scent. So that was a lot of good memories 
are associated with that smell. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, you know, many individuals like you, you've made it through the high school to post-secondary and to work and thriving in the workplace. And I know we met a few years ago back at Work Tango event at Mars here in Toronto, and luckily recently just reconnected at a University of Toronto Scarborough Management alumni event. It was really great to be able to reconnect and also hear about your latest venture. It's so exciting. Um, for our audience, though, could you talk a little bit more about your overall career journey, how you kind of got where you're today, and, and perhaps what lessons you've learned? Yeah, I, I think when I started, I always did kind of well in school. Uh, I did well enough, I would say. Um, the school was was pretty straightforward for me in terms of, of learning. I think I picked up things really quickly, and I did, again, well enough in terms of marks. But I understood that there was more than just going to school and, and your classwork. So playing sports was really where I learned a lot of my life lessons. That's where all my long-lasting friendships are to this day. Um, and, and a lot of my life uh, life lessons, like life skills, like you learn how to be a part of a team. You, you learn how to work with people you may not even like, but you have to get the job done. Uh, and one of the most important things was learning how to lose, which is a really important life skill. Because as you know, through everyone's experience, things don't always go your way. And so how you react to them and how you move forward despite things not going your way is really, really important. And in sports, uh, depending on, on the team you play, you might lose a lot. So you really have to learn how to live with that and how to move on and how do you take lessons from that and how do you improve. So that was really important. Uh, that's what I really gained from, uh, from, from playing sports along with, with doing school. Um, and then I went to the University of Toronto Scarborough, which was great. Uh, it was kind of an easy decision because I literally lived right there. Like if there was no house behind my house, I could see the campus. So it's basically <laughs> on campus. So that was really easy. And I had a great, of course, management program. So that's what I wanted to do. Uh, so I went there, um, you know, was really involved in the school. I was president of, the, president of the athletic council, played on multiple sports teams, of course. So I was really, really involved in school. Even after I graduated, I, I took over the team that I was playing for. Uh, my dad and I coached, which was a really great uh, experience, like being able to do that with my dad. We won our first season together, so that was that was really cool. Um, and then I actually started, not too long after I graduated, I started working at U of T as well, a, couple of, uh, a year or two after I graduated. So you can imagine this U of T bubble I built for myself, where <laughs> I went to school there, my friends were from there, so I hung out with them, uh, still played some soccer there. It was coaching soccer. So I was at, and then I was working at the downtown campus. So I was literally on UFT property almost all day, every day. So I did this for a few years and my goal was always to get my MBA just to get, just to enhance my education from, and build upon my BBA. Uh, but at the same time, I was always looking for different projects. I was always looking for something I could really sink my teeth into and, and really control and run myself. My dad had always had his own small businesses. He had a wire manufacturing for 25 years. He had a, uh, we were clothing distributors for 15 years. So I learned a lot about entrepreneurship, small business directly from him, you know, with, with my degrees to supplement my education. So, but I wanted to do my MBA and guess where I was going to do my MBA at Rotman, um, <laughs> <laughs> which would have, you know, completed my MBA, my UT bubble. I would have never left. But uh, the factor was when I looked into it as an employee, I wouldn't have got a single penny from the school to do my MBA there. So I was like, well, 
Where's my incentive then? And I said, decided, you know what? I got to get out of here. I got to blow this bubble up. I got to expand. There's a huge, there's a whole world out there. And I know basically 30 square kilometers of it. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So I need to get out of here. So I looked for, I went to the most international business school that exists, which is Holt. They have four campuses. They used to have five. So London, Dubai, Shanghai, Boston, and San Francisco. So you can pick one campus, you go there, um, and then you can rotate to the other campuses. So within 12 months, I lived in San Francisco. I lived in Shanghai, and I actually lived in New York City for a summer um, because they do a rotation campus there. It's not a full campus. So that, um, and and I have the most international rec- network you can have of people. So I have um, in our campus, so in our class uh, in San Francisco, there was 250 MBAs. We represented about 75 different countries. Wow. So I literally know any, I can go almost anywhere in the world and have a couch to sleep on basically. So this was really cool. Um, so having the global network, um, I worked for a tech, uh, one of my colleagues, I, I went back to work at U of T a couple of years later where I was like, I got to get out of here. Uh, I happened to get a phone call randomly. One of my MBA colleagues was starting a tech company based in uh, human motivation uh, the HR space essentially. Um, and he's like, do you want to be part of it? In a 10 minute conversation, I said, yes, I'm in quit my job <laughs> or I, I moved to San Francisco for three months, like 10 minute conversation. Cause I was looking for that. Yeah. So, um, so that came out again from having been in this MBA, but, um, in the meantime, as I was doing my MBA, just before that, I met my current business partner who invented this wicked, hockey product again love sports being in toronto love the leafs um so this hockey product and again building the business i i reached out to him i'm like hey i can help you build this business so we started building that business from scratch during my mba i actually launched launched the online website revamped the website the online store um and then we launched in the market at the end of 2015 so i did that kind of during my mba and just after it and I was working on that on the side as I was working at U of T. And then as I started working for this tech company. So I've always had uh, at least two jobs. At one point I had three, which was a little bit crazy. <laughs> um, and then I was in it and it was just like, you know, the thing with about running a company and entrepreneurship is like the more, the more problems you solve and the better you solve those problems, the, the more you get to do. Uh, and that's essentially, that's what it, that's what it is. So we, I solved a lot of problems and it was really tough, difficult to at the beginning because an, uh, your own business is all work and no, you know, reward, at least financially. So you got to be prepared for that. And, uh, and now we're, uh, we're seven years out of launching blade tech. And two years ago, I was able to start doing it full time. And one year ago, my partner who was an, an engineer at uh, Petro Canada, he, was able to go full-time as well. And I literally just hired two more people this week. So we've got a team wow. of, of six total. Um, and that all really expanded over the last couple of years. That's exciting. Wow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's... So that was, go ahead. Sorry. I know it was a long, long, long winded version. No, no, no. I tried to, just trying to get the, everything in order. Yeah, no, no. It's a great, it's a great uh, journey. And it's also great to see, those moments where you took a risk and, and, and looked at things and said, you know, in a 10 minute conversation, I'm going to go try this. Right. And, um, I think, I think that's some great 
takeaways for the listeners too. you know, don't be afraid to, to try things or to, to try new things. I think that's a lot of time, mm -hmm. you know, people that make that leap, um, you know, with the, with the, with the risks and other things, look, at, look at you, look what we've been able to accomplish yeah. and, and learn. Right. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. So just the caveat is like, I didn't think about it for 10 minutes. I've been thinking about it a long time. It was just <laughs> yeah. the timing happened. And then the 10 minutes, they said everything that I had already been thinking about. So that was <laughs> how I made that decision. And, uh, and the reality is that that venture didn't work out. Yeah. So that wasn't, um, not that it wasn't successful. There's, there's only, there's only success and learning, right? That there's no, That's right. there's no failing. So I, I learned the most actually, and you learn the most from the things that don't, don't go your way or don't go pro as you plan. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I learned a ton from that company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also, um, so, you know, congratulations where you are with it. And, you know, it's, it's a really cool, definitely for the listeners, you should be checking it out. It's bladetechhockey.com. Um, I love on your LinkedIn profile too, you had a, a phrase or a, a quote saying that learning about life through play, um, which was really got my attention. I wondered if you could share, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So play can mean a lot of different things. It actually just is uh, from a Plato reference or a Plato quote. Um, and he says, you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. Gotcha. So that is, that's kind of what I'm referring to. Obviously, you know, sports is, is, is a huge part of play, but even the way you do things, even when you do projects and even when you do uh, different types of things. So play, play is, is really a, you know, it's a set of rules. It's, um, you know, you got to solve problems within these set of rules, like any game, any board game, video game, uh, sports game, like there's, that's, they all have the same features. So you learn so much about people. So if you want to learn some about somebody you're working with, if you want to learn, learn about somebody that you're dating, um, go play games and, and you'll discover immediately how they are. So for example, um, we did this a lot when we were doing this, this tech company uh, in HR, which was uh, look at the people that don't know how to lose and how they act in the workplace. So they don't take responsibility for their actions or they skirt responsibility. Um, for example, like how many emails are sent that is just deflecting the responsibility, transferring it to somebody else all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, they blame everything and everyone else like the world is, is, is against them um, they'll always want to take the credit if something goes well and they're poor team players like this is people who haven't learned this and that's why I love sport I love organized sports uh, music dance anything in an organized group setting where it takes expertise it takes practice it takes discipline um, you know things go wrong any people who have done that over time or growing up um they usually get this a lot better and they're, they're a lot easier to work with. Um, and I think ultimately are more successful uh, over time. So that's learning life through play is you really learn about other people and yourself. You, you might be surprised at how you react uh, in certain situations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's an interesting concept. And it's, as you're talking about it, it, it makes a lot of sense because when you see people, and you're playing games it's uh it's a little bit less formal and it's a little bit more involved and you can get to know people in a different way that's pretty cool um mm -hmm. 
It's also super interesting, you know, to me that your company is doing so well with custom curated digital branding and marketing content. Um, I think we all could take a page out of the Anthony book on how we as organizations can take better advantage of leveraging stories from our employees and customers to build a better brand strategy. Um, any ideas on, especially since you do talk to a lot of different organizations, but um, on how maybe executives can think twice about a less corporate approach to building a voice for the talent and clients and customers? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest factor is to try to change it from a lecture to a conversation. Hmm. Corporations are always worried about their message and what their message is and how it looks and, and how the things are des designed. And, 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 and it's usually done in a vacuum in a boardroom with, you know, the marketing team or the executive team. And that's not as valuable as a conversation, a two-way street. So learning not just, you know, what you want to say about your product, your service, your business, your brand, but learning how people receive it, how, what they think about it and how it integrates with their lives. And, and this is how people remember things. People remember that humans don't remember facts. They remember stories. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really important that the conversations come in the form of storytelling. So for example, we make a replacement blade. It is a niche of a niche. It is a, <laughs> the steel part of the skate for those people who are not familiar with hockey. Um, that flexes and has its own cool features. Like it, it, it cushions the knees. It makes players 5% faster. These are the facts. But what's more interesting is, you know, one kid's journey to the NHL, you know, what are his goals and dreams, him waking up at five o'clock and, and, and practicing before school, practicing after school. Um, and part of his journey is, you know, having the best equipment and having the best you know, the best shot at, at being the most successful and, and, and equipment is part of that. And, you know, enhanced skate blades is, is, a, is a very small part of that. So basically our brand becomes a character in his story or her story, as opposed to, well, no, this is the best and you gotta, you gotta have it. Um, so I think that's more powerful and that's really um, how you connect with people and any, anyone, you know, young or old can identify with that. Anybody that played hockey at some point probably wanted to be in the NHL or win the Stanley Cup or, or had that dream even for a moment. So everyone can resonate with that in, in this world. Uh, and that was really important. I actually wanted to share a quick message about Nike because Nike does this extremely well. If you notice Nike's, any of Nike's ads or anything like that, it's really not about their products. Uh, at the core of it. But uh, Phil Knight was in a, a conference room. He was at some show and, and he put his hands up. He goes, he goes, okay, I want everyone to stand up. If you've ever run before, so most of everyone stands up. He's like, okay, now I want you to remain standing if you run once a week. Okay. Uh, more people sat down twice a week. More people sat down. Anyway, he got up to 60. It was how many people run every day of the week. So in this conference room of 300 people, um, it's conference hall, six people were standing. And he looks around, he goes, he goes, Nike's for you. It's like through the rain, snow, sleet, whatever's happening, you run, you just do it. Hmm. And that, <sighs> and he goes, and that's Nike. So it's not wow. about success. It's not about performing. It was not about any of that. It was, you just do it no matter what. So that is way better than, Hey, this shoe has great soles. Yeah. 
I didn't know that story. That's that's pretty cool because it's such a well-known, you know, just do it. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that of Nike. Yeah. Wow. Pretty yeah. cool. Um, which also leads me to the next question. So, you know, personal branding, um, you know, it's such an important aspect of who we are as individuals, working for organizations, being an entrepreneur, what have you. Um, I get this question a lot, a lot from the like listeners that would be listening today about, you know, how do I start out and map out my own personal brand? What should I do? You know, I don't think I have a brand and how do I get started? Um, any thoughts to um, maybe some of the listeners on, on personal branding and anything that, that you've kind of uh, looked at and what's worked for you? Yeah, I, I think everyone, everyone has goes through this or, or very few people don't go through this where they almost like an identity crisis too. As you're growing up, you're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know how to describe myself to somebody else, let alone how to describe it to myself. Um, and recently, it's funny, recently I met this amazing person and she was, we were talking about Instagram because this is the kind of stuff she does. She does, uh, you know, creative market marketing and she works, she happens to be a very attractive woman. So she works with like brands and makeup brands and she's doing her own makeup brand. So she's had some success on, on social media, but she says everyone she talks to, she says, no one is you. Hmm. No one is you. No one has your story. So don't be afraid to share it, whatever the story is. And again, it's, it's more of, it's not really looking at what people want to hear. It's well, tell your story because that's going to resonate. So she, I'll give you just the context of Instagram. She doesn't even have 3000 followers, which is not, you know, which is not that much in the Instagram world. If you want to be like an influencer and that type of stuff, she doesn't even have 3000, but she goes, companies contact her all the time because she is one of the best people at telling her story and giving her story in the context of where she is, what she's doing. She's a busy professional. She has a social life, that stuff. And how those brands, again, associate with her story and, and you know, getting ready and what that looks like. So uh, she's like, no one is you. She goes, I, she, I encourage everyone that I meet and I, including me when, when she, when we were talking to really share your story. Don't be afraid to share it. Um, and whatever it is, there's no good or bad story. It's, it's, it's your story is your story and no one is you and people, companies find that very valuable. Yeah. What's well, a great lesson. It's interesting. It ties back to the telling stories earlier you talked about. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think I, I even like the word, the usage of identity crisis, because I think people do, I think we all go through that growing up and who we mm -hmm. are and defining who we are, but then talking about it out loud is a whole nother level of that. Right. And, um, and, but then again, that's what, um, organizations are looking for. People are looking, they want to hire people that have different views, different opinions, different ideas, different lived experiences, because that's what makes a, a dynamic place to be. Right. So yeah. it's, it's interesting how many people do struggle with this though. And, and, or doubt themselves and say, well, I have nothing to say, or my story is not that cool or whatever. Right. Cause you're, if you compare it to other, like if I compare myself to the CEO of Nike or the creator of Nike, I was like, yeah, no, that's, there's no comparison. I can't compare to that story, but that's, that's his story. And I have my own, but it that's was, right. it's really funny. This identity thing. I, I really struggled with this growing up because I did so many different things and worked in so many different industries and I was really struggling. And I happened to be uh, together with this uh, person. And I, I explained this to her. I was like, 
you know, I do this, like, I'm okay at this. I'm okay at this. I like a little bit of this. I like a lot of different things and I'm okay at a lot of different things. And I was like, and I don't know, I always had this idea that I had to be special. I had to specialize in something. I had to focus on something. I had to be really good at something. And I said, I, I'm just good at those things. And she's like, oh, so you're a generalist. And I went, what? <laughs> I didn't, I had not really known. I've heard this term, but I didn't really think about it. She goes, oh, you're a generalist. He's like, that's super important. Like people, like the world needs generalists. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. And like, I kind of, the title, I guess, or, or, or something to identify yourself is, is kind of important. Um, not that you need a label, but I guess a label helps us understand it as a, as a human of, oh, okay, this is kind of where I fit in a way. Yeah, and it ties think, to your values and all that, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, really cool. Thank you for for sharing that. I, I think that's some great great insights that um, that you've shared here today. Um, you know, this is a part of the podcast. I always ask if if my guest is comfortable maybe sharing something that maybe was a bit more personal that you know was a challenge for you um, and that you were either over able to overcome or you're still overcoming, but. Is there something that you feel comfortable sharing with the listeners around something that you've seen as a barrier and and how you've worked through that? Yeah, there's there's a couple of key moments uh, through my journey because um, everyone, you know, when they look at you, they and you've been successful, they see the success, but they don't see, you know, there was a point three or four, I would say, almost four years ago now where I was out with my buddy having a beer with him and I was just complaining about blade tech. Uh, it was all work. There was, you know, everyone in the market was giving us problems because everyone was skeptical. You know, me and my partner were not getting along that well at the time, just because, you know, it's the same stress for both of us. So it's, mm -hmm. it's tough. And it's just the two of us. And I was like, and I was just having a beer. And I'm like, you know what, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? This is hundred percent my choice. I don't have to do this. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. And he, and he stopped me and he goes, and he goes, look, he goes, you have something amazing here. This is an amazing product. He's used a product before he's a hockey player. He goes, the thing is unbelievable. And, and you're doing a great job of building the brand. And he's just like, just stick with it. Just, just do it. If you want to go back to the <laughs> Nike, but he says, just stick with it. He goes like, it's going to work out. And, and, over time, I've realized like most entrepreneurs or most businesses, they don't fail. People just stop. Mm, interesting. Most, most stories are like, yeah, I did this. And then they, at some point they got to that where they would cross that line and go, yeah, no, I'm done. I stopped. So I, I'm so thankful for, to this guy who in this moment, after a couple of beers, convinced me that this was worth doing. Or just remind, not convince me, but reminded me that this was yeah, different. yeah, and, and how pivotal that was for you, right? I mean, I shared something very personal with you before this call, and like that, like to imagine from there a few years ago to here, yeah, it, world of difference, world of difference. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, and I, th I thank you for sharing that. I think there's a lot of good insights there as well. Um, networking. Yes, we talk about this mm. a lot. <laughs> and and you even talked about it with, you know, getting your MBA and the network you've built through that. Um, it's it's I, I think it's probably most super important thing to one's growing someone's knowledge base and also what I call a knowledge network of 
of people you engage with and go to for different things. But how has networking helped you in your professional career? Uh, it's very simple. Networking is everything. You, anything you do, anything that happens, it's through your network. And so expanding that, strengthening it, working on your relationships, uh, being in touch. I mean, this whole podcast right here is happening because of your network um, <laughs> and, and how good you are at it. And we met, you know, we met twice, essentially. That's yeah. it. But, yeah. but it's, but it's, it's the fact, cause you never know who you're going to meet and you never know what they're going to, you know, what they can do for you, what you can do for them um, and what it means going forward. So uh, the last five years that I, of my experience is vastly different than if I had stayed in Toronto this whole time. Yeah. So isn't that, isn't that I, interesting. Yeah. And, and I knew it would be, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew it would be different. And I knew that the life I wanted to live was going to be, I wanted to have an international network i wanted to be able to go places i got you know my friends uh you know german this german guy i lived with in san francisco you know married a colombian girl and they're building a house in, in colombia and they want me to go in on it with them and it's like these cool things or these cool op all these opportunities they don't happen unless you have a network so i'm not saying you got to go spend you know hundred thousand dollars and go to an mba in san francisco although it is cool um but there's everything there's things you can do every day and there's there's events you can go to here i mean especially in toronto and everybody's in toronto and or any major city is there's tons of things going on all, all the time so get out there talk to people um and ask questions ask them what their journey is ask them what what their story is and how they got there and everyone's really happy to share it with you i guarantee it <laughs> so um that is basically nothing happens even in our professional in our very very small hockey world like the hockey world is super small we've got so many connections from other connections because of people that loved working with us and love their product is like i'm going to connect you with this person and this person um and that's that's how business happens and it's yeah. all based on and business and the reason someone's going to buy from you for example is because not because you convince them is because this other person convinced them so they're just coming to you for the transaction, but the, the work is already done uh, yeah. through somebody else. So that's the best way to to grow a business and to and to to uh, to strengthen it is is through the network. Yeah, hundred percent. It ties back to your brand. It ties back to mm -hmm. you know how you learn through through play and all that. Because I think they're not independent. But I'm glad you you described it as such because it is really. Um, it's something some people struggle with as well, right? And and just getting started. But I think. Clearly for you, for me, for others, it's it's amazing how these networks of people um, and, and some you go for some things to talk about, some you go to others, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just, you just, your just knowledge base can grow so much too. So thanks for sharing that. I, I learned, we did a lot of like, um, like team building stuff at the beginning of my MBA, like, you know, yeah. uh, part of the orientation. <clears throat> and basically nothing, if you think about it this way, nothing happens without other people. You don't do anything in a vacuum, in a silo. It's not possible. That's right. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Um, another important topic I wanted to chat with you about is um, the feeling of belonging and how it's important to one's growth and knowing our differences are our strengths. Again, even like working with others. Um, what does diversity inclusion mean to you as a leader? So I... 
I struggle with this term, these two terms together yeah. because they mean very different things. To me, diversity is is kind of a result of inclusion. Yeah. Uh, and inclusion is really the word that that should be the focus. So mm-hmm. inclusion means like anything. So it's the number one thing any group, any company, anything should focus on is inclusion because there could be people there. You know, you could have diverse people, but not everyone feels included. So that means everyone has value to add. Everyone has a, a role to fill. Um, everyone is pulling on the rope and, and moving whatever your group is doing, whether it's a sport team or a company. Everyone has a job to move things forward and and is valued. And that is, if you can do that, if you can do that, everything else kind of falls into place. And by doing that, you're going to have you're going to appreciate diverse ideas. You're going to appreciate uh, diverse people with diverse backgrounds. Like that stuff is kind of a, a, a result of, of, of being a very inclusive um, group or team. Um, it also means like you don't always have the best ideas. And so it's really, really important to have people that have diverse outlooks and, and different things, because often the solution isn't one person's solution or another person's solution. It, it, it's really the, the collaboration or, or somewhere in the middle there that where the best route forward goes. So, so that's really, those things are really important. Yeah, no, I'm really, I really like the way. Yeah. And if you get inclusion, right, then that belonging comes along right, right behind it um, where people yep. feel like they belong to the group or belong there. Um, super important. Um, lots of young professionals listening to this today um, often get the question, how do I stand out to potential employers uh, you rec- you just have said you brought two people on your team. So just thoughts about anything you want to share with the audience about how to stand out to potential employers? Absolutely. We touched on this quite a bit, but ask yourself one question, like what is your story? And it, it is challenging to answer that question, um, but spend some time and think about it. Really think about it. The cool thing about that question is everyone has an answer. Mm-hmm. You do have a story, unless you have a very, very bad like head trauma where you don't remember things. But you have a story. You have <laughs> something that's like even then somebody get somebody else to tell it to you. But you you have a story, and your story is always uh, being written. So two things: it's like what is your story up to this point, up until today, and you know what's cool about it, what's different about it, what's not so cool about it. Maybe maybe there's some bad things that happen, but you know, what did you learn from that? How did that shape you? And also it gives you an opportunity when you're doing that naturally, you can look at the future. So I think companies, um, instead of focusing on the past should really look at, well, what is this person going to do for us? What is this person? How does this person see themselves moving forward? And what's, what's the future story? What would your story, what would you like your story to be going forward? So I think if you have a little bit of if you look at the past and you can discover what you want to focus on for the future, being able to articulate all that in a uh, 30 to 45 minute interview in some way, as you answer the questions, I think that is going to make you stand out because as I said before, there's no one else in the world is you. I love that. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Cause I, I often, uh, paraphrase what you just said and you know i'm in talent and you know as a recruiter and all that so it's coming from that lens and that mindset but it's also coming from the the fact i do believe in storytelling as well and that you lead with who you are not with what you do 
Um, so I, I'm really glad that you shared that lesson because I think others need to hear, again, stories, tell who you are, share who you are, um, you know, and, and build that that confidence. Um, and, and that's how you stand out. You don't want to blend in with the others and compare yourself to others. But thank you so much for sharing some of that as well. Um, wow. So we're getting actually to the end of the podcast, hard to believe. But I wanted to see, is there any last minute things you'd like to reflect on for today for today's listeners? Yeah, just a, a little message. I think we're it's it's really interesting. I've had a very interesting year and especially six months where there's a lot of things that have happened, you know, good things, bad things. Um, and I think we're all, I think we all feel this. I don't know if it's a post-pandemic thing or the new world we live in, but I just feel like everyone, everyone feels like you're really busy all the time. I don't know if you feel this, Brian, mm. but I just, there's a million things to do. There aren't enough hours in the day. And I, I, I think, I don't know if this is a result of where we live. You know, it's a Western civilization type of thing or an east coast type of things i've heard that too um you know toronto new york that type of thing but it's so mm -hmm. easy to get frustrated stressed uh depressed with this weather <laughs> um <laughs> for those people who are living in colder you know cloudy environments but uh i think if we keep in mind there's always room for kindness um the way you do things the way you treat people the way you do interactions even with people that are being rude to you or some of you like uh, I learned one thing it, it always takes two people to fight so if somebody's being rude to you and they're you know you don't know what's happening in their day they're, they've probably had a really shitty day and it has nothing to do with you but they're taking out, it out on you for some for whatever reason but you they can't fight you if you don't fight them like it's not possible so I think there's always there's always room for patience. There's always room for kindness. I think you can, no matter what's happened in your day either, um, I think you can find a way to do that. And the more, it's like a habit, it's, it's practice. It's the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So I always try to have that thing, even when things are going bad and customers are interesting, they call me, they yell at me, they want refunds, all that stuff. I go through it all. Uh, but there's no, I've never found a point where I need to reciprocate that or give that back because it's not, that's not part of who I am, mm -hmm. nor is it beneficial like to in my business or in my life. So why do it? Yeah, it's a, it's more of a healthy way of looking at life. And and thank you for sharing that. I think really, really good insights. Um, well, can't believe we're towards the end of today. And I know we're wrapping here my last podcast of the year as we jump into 2023. But I want to thank you so much for for joining me and for being on the the podcast and sharing your journey with so much really great insights and ideas for our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. I really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. We'll have to do, do, do it again soon, whether on the podcast or just, uh, just over uh, in-person coffee. Love there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So for the listeners, if you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network. This has been Coffee with Convery, and until next time, please stay well.